The Angry Chicken is a production of AMove TV. Bookmark AMove.tv for more gaming and esports shows. The Angry Chicken is directly supported by listeners like you via patreon.com slash TAC. about Hearthstone, Heroes of Warcraft. This is the Angry Chicken. Greetings and welcome back everyone to the Angry Chicken. I'm Garrett Weinzerl here as always with Willie Dills Gregory and Jocelyn Carney. Welcome back you two. It's a thick show today. Yeah, yeah. lots to talk about. Big news. <laughs> thick uh, Big friggin' news out of nowhere. Thick and heavy, yeah, yeah. Like well, I guess it, was, it wasn't out of nowhere. Danae yeah. did say that the classic thing was happening soon, but I didn't know we were going to get this much, I guess. It was hinted at, yeah. 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 Uh, turns out uh, Mike Danae's daughter's stream is a, a deep well of uh, teasers and hints as to what's coming for the future of Hearthstone. Um, only, I, I don't know, I expected a little more time, but yeah. We got a bunch of new cards revealed, a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, I guess before we get into it, because it's just so thick, let's thank our patrons supporting us over at patreon.com slash TAC. Some of our latest patrons are Ryan D and Joshua C. Thank you for the support, you two. Um, also, it doesn't feel like big news anymore, so I'm just going to mention it now and get it out of the way. There was a wild card bundle added to the store. It's up right now. Apparently, it's going to be up for a limited time, but there's 56 packs in total. You're going to get eight packs from every expansion in wild for $35 US. That's cool. And I, was I already like, bought it. <laughs> I'm, I was, I saw that and I'm like, Oh, that's that, that could be a thick topic right there. We could wax philosophical about actually, you know, giving some love to the wild crew, especially maybe players that are new to wild. And, but there's no time for that today. There's <laughs> yeah. too many things. And I guess all I can really say is it's cool. It's also not enough cards where if you, have no wild cards you could suddenly play wild but it's a step in the right direction right I mean, yeah. definitely the first time they've given real love to adding to the wild collection this is i think i hope that they just kind of like go this route in a permanent way in the future because i think at some point we want to look at maybe wild packs should just be slightly discounted so that maybe people will go oh well i just want to play wild i'll buy 300 wild packs and <laughs> they might make some money I don't know. Just saying you might make some money that you're not making currently. Yeah. And if you're not new, if you're like us, you've been playing since the beginning, uh, $35 for 56 packs of a lot of dust is still a really good deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's how I looked at it is I was just like, okay, 56 packs for a heavily discounted price that I will probably mostly be turning to dust. So yeah, this is a great deal to help me with my current collection. Also, you did notice they did the eight packs of each expansion instead of 10, right? Mm -hmm. So you're, you will probably hit your your uh, timer if you never open packs from those expansions, but not all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's still a, a small chance that you won't you won't hit that legendary. But uh, still, good deal. Would love to see more of this. And that's good news. But there's even more. Good news, everyone. <laughs> oh, no. So uh, new 
classic cards have been revealed. Team 5 announced new cards are coming to Hearthstone, and they also outlined their current class identity philosophy. And there's there's just so much to unpack here, but uh, first they kind of went in and identified uh, like strengths and weaknesses of each class as they currently would like them to be in their talk about class identity. And I'll be honest, I didn't even like scroll through and like kind of spoil myself on this. I was reading it in order. I'm like, oh, this is a really fascinating look at what they think the class identity for all classes in Hearthstone is. And then I, like, I got to the bottom, I'm like, oh, and they're removing two cards that I didn't see coming at all. And then adding uh, two new cards to replace them for Rogue and for Priest, because according to their current stance on class identity for rogue and for priest vanish for rogue and mind blast for priest goes against where they think the classes should be yeah and i think these are the two cards that make sense from the classic basic set that go against these class identities the problem that i have with a lot of this stuff is as i read through these i go yeah that's not true at all for that class uh Well, I kind of, I read it more as a, like, I don't know, to me personally, I feel like since we know how far ahead Hearthstone actually works, we're starting to now get to the point where they haven't had anything like in the works from before, like the old guard. So like Broad and Young Wu and everybody else, like they left about a year ago this time. Right. So if we assume their influence was on everything we've gotten up to this point, then it makes sense to me that now the team is maybe uh, reassessing a lot of their design choices and trying to push things into a new direction. So I think that there are going to be some things, especially in expansions that may not fit these class identities, but it seems to me like this is a, here's what we're thinking and are going to work towards going forward. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. I think that when you look at the class identities that they've laid down, a lot of it seems to be what the classic basic sets defined for those classes, but mm-hmm. not at all what those classes have looked like since then. Yeah. Uh, and I think specifically that's okay. Shaman too. says card generation is a weakness. Card generation is an absolute strength of Shaman right now. Yeah. They have well, but I think right now is a dozen cards right? that generate other cards, right? <laughs> because so. like all of those cards that generate new cards are expansion things that are current in standard that are going to rotate out. So I think it's okay for them to kind of like play around with class identity, especially if some classes and their identity hasn't really been like um seen a lot or valid in the in a meta for a while and they want to say like okay maybe their weaknesses are too weak or too weak how about or making the class too weak how about we give them some cards to shore up those weaknesses if they get too powerful it's okay because that rotates but like classically this is what the class is going to look like yeah ab- absolutely this is like i think this was must have been a recent yeah. meeting they had where they said guys i think we've gotten away from what we wanted these classes to be let's like refocus on that and yeah. absolutely the thing is, though, is like, I think they needed to communicate that in this message because, oh, my God, did Reddit go off on some of this stuff? And I was like, I was like, I could, you know, logically, you could see exactly what that is. But you could also see that, like, I think they needed to say, we've gotten away from it and we want to get back to it. And we want to make sure that we're starting to move back in that direction. Which that is really funny because that's totally the tone I got from reading this article. Is I was like, oh, okay, so this is their jumping off point. This is their like big picture, what the classes look like, blah, 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 blah. And then yeah. I read the comments, I read Reddit, and I was just like, 
Yeah, nobody else got that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nobody else got that but well, me. Because those words aren't in there. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, can, you can interpret it that way, but the words aren't there. And I think a lot of people are, they need the words. They're they not going to, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're not, not going to like, they're not the doing a show about the game for like years and analyzing how the devs mm-hmm. work and all that stuff. They're just, they're just knee jerk reactioning every single time. And uh, when they read these, you know, that this, this is the strength of rogue or this is the strength. Like when you read the strength uh, or a weakness of mage being, uh, what was it specifically? Minion swarms. That's a limitation. And you're currently playing against mages who for eight mana make four 12 drops uh, with Cadgar. You know, it's just like, that doesn't seem like a limitation, you know? So that that's the re- And I understand that people looked at that and went, hold on a second. <laughs> You're telling me that you made Vex Crow for a class that's limitation is making minion swarms. Uh, so th- it's good that they're like looking at this and going, wait a minute, have we gotten out of control? Have we lost sight of what these class identifications are supposed to be? And they're trying to get back to that. Now the timing is aw- awkward because you're nerfing priest essentially by getting rid of mind blast at a time when priest is not doing so well. But uh, you know, I, I get it. Like, I'm like, yeah, no, they, they just, this is the time to do it because they're adding a bunch of these classic cards in. This is the time to hall of fame some stuff. It's fine. Which is awesome that they're hall of faming stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Not at the, not at the rotation. rotation. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, I've got to say as, as much as I didn't expect like mind blast and vanish to be the two cards, especially of rogue of all of the, of the classic basic rogue cards vanish is probably the one that was just not on my radar. But at the same time, I can see how vanish as a card makes uh, it's just, it's such a big design piece, right? That they have to worry about all the time. And it's enabled some of the like decks that they have just not had any idea of how to balance like quest rogue. How many times they try to balance quest rogue. And it's like, all they need to do is like vanish and replay and vanish and replay. It's like, ah, man. They just nerfed Pogo rogue with this change. Uh, That too. Yeah. But it's like, they have to constantly design around this specific rogue spell. So I can see that I would say even prep goes in that same bucket of limiting their design space. But I mean, like people have also said, oh, but they can still clear board with, you know, the new, the new plague bringer alongside wild pyro and a spell. It's like, yeah, but then you've got three cards you got to get all together and you're not putting that stuff back in the hand, which the back in the hand was the problem to balance. So I feel like I, these, these kind of, when you stop to think about it, these changes make sense. These, these rotations to hall of fame make sense. For standard, <laughs> dude, do I feel bad for a while? <laughs> I uh, I actually kind of find Vanish to feel like a rogue card, though. To me, like it, it feels like something rogue would do. It's like I'm leaving the battle. <laughs> uh, that's and like I guess you could say like because they did have the ice blocky type secret, uh, which I think has that rotated. Have all the rogue secrets rotated? They have, right? No. No. Oh, they're no. still here? They just don't see any play? Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they just don't see any play. Uh, so, I mean, that is a, kind of what it is, but I, I always thought, like, Rogue just, uh, just you know, vanishing. It was a very wow Rogue thing to do, right? Like, it's like, I'm not killing anything. I'm just exiting the battle and st- I'm stopping things for a while, and then we'll all come back later. Uh, I kind of wanted to maybe see them just nerf it if they found it to be a problem, but I don't know. This it's fine. It's not really bothering me. It's not like I was putting vanish in all my rogue decks. It's well, just they are like gone. I guess they were all cobalt and catacombs. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. were they? Yeah. Oh. I, I was like, I, I swore I would have seen them in a pogo rug before, but uh, uh, at least the, the, you know, the bounce one. But yeah, it's just that always did seem very roguey to me. Mind Blast with Priest is whatever. I don't know. It's been here forever. I know it's not being played right now, but it'll always make um, Priest cards like like Cloning Gallery and stuff a little bit sketchy, right? Because as long as Malagos and Velen are around. Which I'm they're always okay. going to be around in wild. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. By the way, these are these are class or basic cards, right? Not um uh, i think they're classic because they have the gems right No, but the they just i think they put the gem in mind oh, blast was like a card you earned yeah they, they added the gem, gem they so you could disenchant them yeah they right? added the gem they added the watermark these used to not mm. have watermarks either these are technically yeah. basic cards um but they're yeah now getting a gem assigned and uh like the classic hearthstone watermark is being added to them or Actually, it's a unique one because the classic cards just have the swirl. This has it's just the swirl. This yeah, even has mm-hmm. the kind of star around the edges. Yeah. But yeah, I um, I think that's probably because the swirl ones you can open from packs, right? Mm-hmm. So correct, mm-hmm. correct. Yeah. So now but uh, yeah, like the the like I was playing vanish in my pogo rogue, so it was seeing some play. Mind blast was being played in, uh, in like some random priest decks that were trying to, like, basically burn you out after maybe getting some face damage in with divine spirit inner fire. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, well, it's all fine. I'm not too concerned yeah. with these cards. Like we'll, we'll be okay. Like what the, I think the biggest issue for me still is that they can do this all they want, but the, the problem is always going to be certain classes have better basic and classic cards than others, specifically priest having some of the worst. I think shaman also having some of the worst. Um, Rogue having some of the best, Mage mm-hmm. having some of the best, that like they're going to be so reliant on expansions, right, to be good. And I think that's really why we need like a, a kind of a retool overhaul if they're not going to ever introduce the rotations, you know. Which it kind of seems like that's what they're doing, right? By it's Hall of Fame. Little by little. Yeah, little little bits here and there. And I, and I kind of get that too, because you would hate to see them do like a big, like 50 card classic makeover, but then have that be too OP or whatever. Like, cause I said later on in this blog post that a lot of these cards are meant to be middle of the road power wise, because they don't want to introduce something like the next rag into the classic set because it doesn't rotate. So they're playing it safe. And now we've seen them buff cards. So there it's perfectly reasonable. I think to see like they might actually buff some classic cards. They might buff these cards. They just release. like buffs are no longer off the table. So I think we're in a really interesting Hearthstone card design space right now, actually. And I think it's also important to note that this isn't like a balance patch. Vanish and Mind Blast aren't being rotated because they're OP, right? Yeah. They're being they're it's being rotated. Design philosophy thing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because of dev- design philosophy, class identity, and design space moving forward, these cards didn't have a place in standard Hearthstone. It's not that they're overpowered, guys. <laughs> yeah. They're not. They have been. Uh, well, Mind Blast has been. Sure. Mind Blast, like there was, you know, literally one rotation ago. Priest was one of the best. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think though the issue that I bring up that pertaining to is just because they're they're gonna if they want to keep priest good they're gonna keep having to add AOE in and then what ends up happening is that wild priest just has access to infinite AOE and they kind of they have that kind of right now they just have so many dang options when it comes to AOE that 
they are the ultimate when it comes to control, play big stuff, which yeah. ultimately is big priest, right? So even if but like Barnes isn't always necessarily the problem, it's also psychic scream and dragon, uh, dragon potion and light bomb, <laughs> light bomb, and yeah, like just the million things that priests can do to clear your board. They still have, uh, they still have excavated evil. They still, you know, all these options, right? So. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that changes in the future, if they actually take, cause I mean, there's the kind of the two different and they haven't even, as far as I know, narrowed down how they want to design for wild, but it's kind of like, do you leave that alone and have the, you know, all the quote unquote mistakes of the past still present in wild, or do you try to balance that? Do you try to fix it? Or do you try to preserve the way things were when those things were live in standard sort of idea? So, yeah. I mean, they haven't answered that question, so I'm not going to answer that question, but it's an interesting thing to think about wild, I think, for sure. I, I could see that being a, a, a new a shift in focus later on down the road, because this year really feels like their focus has been on keeping standard fresh. And yeah. I think they've done a really good job with it uh, this year after the what seemed like a really long wait for the first set this year, even though it was right on time with previous sets. But um, once we once we got past Rides of Shadows, it has really has seemed like nonstop, like there's been something new kind of fluffing up uh, the, you know, what we're seeing and what we expect to see in standard. And it's been really nice. So I, I bet when they kind of get into the groove uh, of that, um, you know, once they kind of figure out when, when this kind of adjustment of standard becomes kind of a, just the way that the team works, uh, I, I bet we might start to see more tweaks come to wild more often i hope so i i also think you know the the whole class identity thing is overall good but i don't want it to define these classes forever and ever because i do think you, you run the risk of the game feeling stale when the classes feel the same expansion over expansion right you you do want some fluctuate like fluctuation within that so at certain points because obviously it's nice to have, okay, Priest was really good. Now Priest isn't so good. This is now, you know, Rogue comes in and has their time to shine. Like you want that movement of the classes, but also you don't want to feel like, like, like right now playing Control Warrior feels like I'm just been, I'm just still playing Control Warrior. Right. And it's, it's kind of cool when Warrior steps out of that, that, you know, that, that role and does something different for a while. So I don't, I don't want it to just always be, oh, this is what Priest does. This is what Paladin does. And it's always going to be this. I do like that it fluctuates from time to time. It's just you have to be careful of letting it go too far, right? Like if they, if they really do want Shaman to be weak at card generation, they've done a pretty poor job of that because Shaman literally just generates a million cards right now. It's actually kind of crazy. When they said that and I looked at how many cards Shaman can use to generate other cards, I was like, wow, you guys are really really lost sight of this one, I guess. So it's like you want it to fluctuate, but you don't want it to go too far in any direction. So it's like, I, I like this, but I'm also slightly concerned that they're going to go down a road of just sameness forever and ever for each class. There was uh, you know. one, there was one really kind of interesting comment in this blog post or like sentence in this blog post that talked about how when you queue into a class, you should have a good idea of its strengths and weaknesses and regardless of the deck that they're playing. And I found that to be a little bit like along the lines of what you were saying, Dills, that maybe potentially, uh, maybe alarming is too strong of a word, mm -hmm. but it's like, 
does that mean that like, I disagree I'm, with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that was actually in the blog post. That's not, you yeah. know, me reading into anything like yeah, that yeah. was definitely in the blog post. And I was kind of like, I don't know about that, but it does seem like at least they're reassessing their philosophy and I'm willing to kind of give it a try because I, I don't, I don't mind the idea of going into a match and saying like, okay, mage, they're strong at spells and bad at, swarming minions like lots of little little things so that's going to inform my mulligan in some way and maybe in that world mage still has two or three viable decks that that play differently but if i still know that they're going to have like spells and probably not a lot of minions or something like that you know like very very basic broad example i'm kind of okay with seeing what that looks like if they can actually put the classes into their proper identities Mm -hmm. but like, cause I like the idea of having a little bit to go on when it comes to the mulligan. But again, I don't want like there to be a mage play style and deck mm-hmm. and a hunter play style and deck. I want them to be able to experiment and differentiate within a class. But I think you can differentiate while still having the same strengths and weaknesses. You can, you can yeah. You can still have, you know, you can still say that, uh, you know, warrior is bad at drawing cards but good at like building armor. It's like, and then yeah. still have, and uh, then have like a minion, like base, a mid range control. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You, you can do that. It's just, please don't go down the road of like, there's nine classes and then there's nine, decks. <laughs> nine decks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I don't even know if they really could do at this point. Cause there's so many damn cards in the game. Like someone's going to make something weird, <laughs> sure. but I mean, it's cool that if you're playing, if you play against the mage, it's like, okay, it might be cyclone. It might be freeze. If you play mm-hmm. against the hunter, it might be mid range. It might be mechs. It might be slow mech. It might be fast mech. Like that's yeah. But then I know that if I'm going into a hunter, they're not going to heal. So if I sure. just, you know, mulligan for hit them that in the has, face, then yeah, that's the kind of hearthstone world I want to live in. that down enough and it's okay. Yeah. But when you, yeah. when you have it be there, they're always not going to be good at this, 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 and this, and you're like, Oh geez. <laughs> that's that too many misses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm so, so anyway, Vanish Mind Blast is going to be going to Hall of Fame. In their place, we're getting a new rogue card called Plaguebringer, which is a uh, four mana, three, three rogue minion uh, with a battle cry that reads, give a friendly minion poisonous. Emphasis on battle cry, not combo. Um, yeah, this is, this is pretty middle of the road as far as power. This is, I'm not, I'm not going to be. Uh, yeah, it's good with lackeys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can give uh, you can use a lackey to give another minion rush. Although also they're just one one. So I mean, I don't know. This card seems okay uh, in a world where we don't have um, some of the old. You know, we have walk the plank and stuff, but we don't have some of the old ways to just straight up kill a single minion. Mm-hmm. Um, I always kind of like this as an option. It's it seems very fair, but also potentially really powerful in certain situations. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've been given. I mean, Murloc's poisonous for one mana. So uh, lately, so maybe I'm a little yeah, biased true. right now. And playing a Murloc and generating a Murloc. Yeah. <laughs> and then I also have a lackey to give the Murloc rush that now has poison. And mm. yeah, yeah. Sometimes, actually, usually I've been getting the spell lackey and yelling at my computer. But you know, it's all right. <laughs> um, sometimes I need hex. Uh, but for priests, uh, since Mind Blast will be going away, they're getting Radiance, a one mana spell uh, that restores five health to your hero. Cannot be used to heal your board, just you. Or go face for the opponent. Either. That's exactly. true. Yeah, if you're it using cannot be turned into. Well, it can be turned into a damaging spell if you, you really hate your yourself. own face. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you're you have to lose in style. 
You know? Yeah, true, true. But uh, but yeah, I like the design of this card because again, this is something that's never going to rotate. So people, you know, put it up beside like flash heal and stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, but guys, this isn't, that's not the point. Like this is never going to leave. So I'm okay with a more conservative design. Like this is baseline priest class now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I still want to see the classic and basic set just changed up and maybe even consider bringing in cards from older sets that have rotated out. But it, uh, it doesn't mean that I don't think that this is, can't also be good for the game. Uh, I like that this is what they're doing. If this is the the route that they're taking, yeah, it's not my number one request in terms of uh, the, the the way that they, they decide to address uh, some of the outstanding issues with basic and classic cards. But uh, I still, I still like it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not run, losing my mind over radiance or plague bringer, but no, by the way, these are not in packs, right? These are being added right. as cards. So like they're, yeah, I, I'm okay with these being really bad because th these are like the cards you're supposed to get when you're a brand new player and you level up and you're like, okay, Radiance, can I use that? And you're like, you're new to the game. You're trying to figure out what Priest can do. And you're, you're thinking one man to heal my hero for five. Okay. Seems all right. And then you get in the game and then you realize that's not so good. So then you have like a learning moment. Right. And yeah. Or it's ranked 50 and it did actually help. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, but that's, that's not it uh, or all that. That's just the two cards that will be replacing Vanish and Mind Blast. We're all going to get Plague Bringer and Radiance, uh, but we're getting new classic cards, new cards added into the classic set. Um, and we're going to have to find these in classic packs or craft them. So, uh, Rarity also equals price, <laughs> if you think about it in dust as we're going through these. But um, let's just go in order that they showed them and start with a new Warlock minion called Siegebreaker. It's a 7-mana 5-8 rare Warlock demon. It has taunt. Siegebreaker also reads, your other demons have plus one attack. Okay. I mean, it seems very Warlocky, right? Mm -hmm. uh, demon that buffs demons. And... Um... I think that this, because it's a card that doesn't rotate, it's a card that could potentially rotate in and out, depending on how strong the demon package is in the current sets that we're playing with, right? So it seems like it's fairly, fa it's, it's just a fair card. And sometimes it'll be good. <laughs> right now, probably not. But uh, who knows? Maybe we get sweet demon packages in the future and uh, suddenly it's a good card again. Well, I mean, this one, to me, as soon as it was announced, I was like, oh, man, this just screams like wild to me because you've got freaking possessed lackey over there pulling things out for free. Well, void caller too. Uh, yeah, void caller. Yeah. yeah, play it on four and then pull this out. So it's just a five, eight with taunt, first of all. And then when you bring it back with Gul'dan, you're buffing all your other demons. So, yeah, yep. maybe there's so a thing there. I think there is a thing there over in the wild side. So, I mean, I, I don't see this play seeing play in current standard, but I think there's lots of stuff going on in wild and, and demon decks are, are a lot of fun, like demony zooey type things over in wild, not even just like Gul'dan and void daddy shenanigans. Like there's lots of demon cool stuff going on over in wild. So yeah, I, I think this it is, cracks the package though, because you got Malganus and yeah, true. yeah, there's just so many good demons. It's just maybe a one of, I could see, mm -hmm. Where it's just it's like a mini, almost like a like a little tiny bloodlust for you, you know. But yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing to, to try out for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I I delete my wild decks pretty frequently, but a, a demon warlock is one of the ones that's just like locked in and never going away. I love that deck so much. 
Well, maybe I'll play around with this a little bit. Um, Druid, getting Gift of the Wild. It's an eight mana common druid spell that reads, give your minions plus two, plus two, and taunt. That seems really expensive. Yeah. For but it's, it's like a defensive card for a token deck, which maybe it's like I could I could only ever see it as a one of, and I could only ever see it in a meta where token druids are worried about dying, and most of the time they're not because they're the ones doing the killing, right? Like they they die when they just get their board cleared a bunch of times, and if they have a board that sticks. Giving your board plus two plus two a taunt isn't generally how you stabilize, right? Like you'd rather just savage roar and kill your opponent. Uh, so yeah, just it seems like the wrong type of card for the wrong type of deck. Just it's not, yeah, not going to. Well, I kind of, I kind of look at this and go, okay, so I get the choice between plus one plus one or a three two tiger for six less mana. <laughs> like, yeah, is, right. Is that plus one plus one and no choice? worth six mana no not at all i this i could not believe the the mana cost of this card when i saw it i think it's a really cool card and a really cool design but eight mana just seems insane to me yeah you'd have to hit at least like three minions to even be close because like a six six with taunt might be worth would still be worth seven still wouldn't be worth eight yeah still (laughs) wouldn't be worth eight oh yeah and if you have three minions on the board that you can hit with this, it's like, aren't you winning if you're token druid already? Mm-hmm. You I know? don't know. Yeah, it's it's a very... This one is an odd one. Like, the demon made sense to me, but this one, I'm kind of yeah. shaking my head on the design of this one a little bit. Yeah, but again, like, they're... They're, you know, they're being careful. They're being caught. Yeah, maybe they, yeah, maybe they tested this at lower mana costs and it just made token druid too much of a problem and it was too big of a buff, so... Yeah, very druidy card though, right? Like you look at it, you go, okay, yeah, buffing boards, cool. I see it. All right, that's druid. Yeah, it's definitely in line with what they talked about in class identity. But uh, and and frankly, right now, my god, last thing druid needs is is affordable board buffs and more of them. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it's it's hard to look at that and be like, whoa, man, why would I? Why would I want this? (laughs) I think this. Yeah, again, it's um, this looks like it could almost be a basic card, like when you just give to everyone. Uh, Paladin is getting a new spell called Righteousness. It's going to cost five mana and it reads, give your minions divine shield. So anyone on the board, they get a divine shield. Hmm. (laughs) Again, I think they'd be very cautious. Yes. (laughs) I mean, and there are other effects currently that are much, much cheaper that give divine shield. So uh, yeah, but I'm glad that this isn't like two mana, give your minions divine shield or something. Cause we don't, again, we don't want to introduce game breaking cards into, you know, the classic basic set, but yeah. Well, the yeah. weapon rotated the uh, three it did, yeah. two weapon that would that sometimes give the divine again, shield. Yeah, that was a one in four chance. That right? also was around when we had Ganon Baku as well, right? Mm-hmm. So right now, paladins aren't token decks. They're not going wide. They're going tall, right? Mm-hmm. They're doing the mech thing or they're doing the OTK thing. So um, there's just not a lot of decks that can even utilize this right now in the paladin class. So it's a... Yeah. Uh, but again, it's in the classic set so that maybe at some point paladins are going wide again and they can play this and then a giant blood knight or something right and just mm-hmm. destroy you but for now no doesn't doesn't seem like it'll see any play right now and also again i think they're just being very careful 
Yeah. Well, and I mean, it is an odd cost card, right? Which comes into play in Wild. So. Yeah, but Wild Wild has access to that weapon. They're just like, we'll do it that way. Yeah, that's true. Well, but it's is it three mana or two mana? It's three mana. Three mana. Oh, I thought it was two mana. Two weapon. Yeah. 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 Not gonna see play. Yeah. But but it's but it's fine because yeah, if they made this three mana and it was around forever and ever, it definitely end up seeing play at some point, right? Yeah. And it would just be kind of game breaking. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's it for new class cards. Everything from here on out is going to be a neutral. Let's uh, start it with the legendaries. And one of my all-time favorite characters from Heroes of the Storm is finally going to be a legendary, Brightwing. I hope she has the best voice lines ever. I can't wait. I'm just going to put her in every deck because she's neutral and classic. And I'm just going to play her all the time because she's going to talk in her little cutesy voice about wanting to murder. And I love it. <laughs> well, uh, I, I would like to join you in that, but I don't think Brightwing's particularly great. So I don't think I'll be joining you. Uh, but Brightwing's I, I don't care. <laughs> a, a three mana, three, two legendary neutral dragon with a battle cry that reads at a random legendary minion to your hand. Which we know the pool of random legendaries, there's some duds. So oh, yeah. this isn't super amazing. But that said, no. can Brightwing give you another Brightwing so you can continue Brightwinging? <laughs> yes, the chain of Brightwings. <laughs> I will say, though, it's not a terrible card because it's essentially the mage card, right? The three mana, three, two, give you another ma- random mage minion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like a card that replaces itself. It's also a dragon. So mm-hmm. the fact that you could potentially at some point put this into dragon decks to activate dragon synergies seems like there's i don't know there's potential here it's not a it's not a horrible card yeah no, 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 no. i mean it's not like it's, it's like always going to be like a kind of mid-level thing it's never going to be like the card that you build a deck around it's just going to be a card that like you're like okay i need one more dragon right wing okay you're fine well, that's the thing. She kind of goes into like the basic classic dragon package, right? So, I mean, people were playing fairy dragons to have an early game dragon. So I think Brightwing can yeah. absolutely find a place in, well, in it bridges the dragon. gap to like a Twilight Drake too, right? Yeah. Because you play it and you instantly get another card back. So then your Twilight Drake is still big, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, like to me, I'm, I look at it, I look at Brightwing and I go, yeah, I can see a spot for this. It's just not going to make it into that many decks. It's a, kind of just a very specific thing. Unless you're, unless you're like Jocelyn, you just won't put it in every deck. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously this too. goes in every deck. Why are we even yeah. talking about this? But <laughs> what I do wish, though, is that it had the same effect because Brightwing is a fairy dragon. So I wish it had the can't be targeted effect on it as uh, well. That's a lot of text, but it is. that would be cool. <laughs> Should we? Because they don't have a keyword for it. Yeah, yeah, they don't have a keyword, which they should yeah. have a keyword at this point. It's literally yeah. been around since the beginning. I think but. it's time for like dual tribes where you, we just have a, a tribe at the bottom that says fairy dragon that also counts as a fairy dragon or counts as a dragon, but just means it's immune to spells, mm-hmm. which would be very cool. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's costed fine. I mean, it's one more mana than a fairy dragon. You lose the spell immunity, but gain a, a halfway decent battle. All right, you just have the keyword fairy. Anything with that's a fairy. I would love that. Anything yeah. that's a fairy can't be targeted. Can't be Perfect. Targeted with spells or hero powers. <laughs> we know you just want a fairy unicorn deck, Jocelyn. I do. Okay. That's such a crime. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I'm just, you're just yeah. you know, full disclosure. You need to disclose <laughs> that, that type of stuff. Yeah, uh, I definitely do have ulterior motives, and that is a fairy unicorn deck. Uh, one more legendary that's going to be added into the classic uh, pool is High Inquisitor White Mane, one of uh, the most famous five-man dungeon bosses from 
old school World of Warcraft and has been brought back multiple times. Uh, it's going to be a seven mana, six, eight legendary neutral minion with a battle cry that reads summon all friendly minions that died this turn. Everybody gets to be a priest. Didn't you Hashtag predict not my white mane? <laughs> She's wearing pants. Not my white mane. Didn't you predict white mane? There's one of you guys predict white mane is like maybe a character in one of the next couple sets. Been pretty high up in my famous Warcraft character we haven't seen yet. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, well, I don't. I don't. So not in one of the newer sets, but in the uh, classic set. Hey. Yeah. Right. She's been here all along, guys. Yeah. You just didn't notice her. She's <laughs> <laughs> just hiding. Uh, I, there's not a lot of great use for this right now, but. Um, seven minutes, six, eight isn't a horrible stat line. And I think, again, they're being a little bit cautious. If you make a card with this battle cry too cheap, it allows you to play a bunch of stuff out with rush, then play a white main and then get all that stuff back and do some really crazy broken stuff. That being said, it's, uh, it's probably not a card that sees play right now in the current meta, but I could see it being pretty sweet in arena just because a lot of times in arena, your boards do stick around and you're able to make some trades. And you can do things with, um, with like rushy mech things and stuff where like you play, like if they're even out on the board already, you run them in and then you get to run them in again. The fact that you get to run them in twice is I think the key here, but a seven man to six, eight is not a horrible body. No, no it's really not. No, I, I think white man is just a good card. Uh, I don't like, I'm with you. I don't think, I can't think of anything in the meta right now where I'm like, oh, just just white main has a slot. I know exactly what's going out, and I know white main's going in. Uh, but overall, if I'm just looking at white main in a vacuum, this is a great card. I think. Well, I mean, there's even you mentioned Rush for sure, but I think even like Deathrattle decks can can make use of her as well, right? Anything that has some sort of perk to dying and coming back, white mm-hmm. main is is going to go in those decks potentially. So it's also a battle cry. So Shutterwalk. You can yep. get this effect again later. Um, you yeah. could also do something like in Big Priest in Wild, where you go like Xerix's cloning gallery, run in all your one ones, and then Inquisitor, bam, they all come back as their as their big oh, is there normal selves. One versions, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're not seeing a lot of play in uh, competition right now. But imagine like Token Druid or Murloc Shaman actually start seeing competitive play. This would be an interesting. Uh, secondary or tertiary inclusion for mirror matchups because it's mm. so important to win the board uh, with those types of decks. Yeah, so you go trade in all your little dudes and then white main all your murlocs back. And they're back. Yeah, although a lot of times maybe they're spawning 1-1 one, one murlocs. <laughs> you, you, you know, your mileage may vary and you have control over that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's uh, true villain Manny in the chat. Play this after your doomsayer and the Kagatar goes, yeah, but then your doomsayer comes back. <laughs> <laughs> next level plays asserting dominance oh, yeah, that, i mean neat. if you need a late game doomsayer that bad it might not be the worst thing in the world that you get a second one <laughs> yeah uh, right you get that you get the doomsayer twice in a row uh there is obviously the like unleash the hounds plus white main thing you can do as well um I, there's actually, lots of stuff here yeah i actually did um when i was playing my flark's boom zooka deck um i did quite a lot of unleash plus revenge of the wild bring back your unleash and you just that's just insta like i have the board now so it's just a more expensive version that's also tied to a six eight right so well and that's also a really good point is that everything that we're talking about right now 
is pretty board centric, right? Is that you're wanting to, you know, run your minions into stuff. We're not talking about like you can unleash the hounds and go face, 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 and then, you know, get a whole board and another set of attacks. Like if you, if you choose to go face fine, but then white main's not going to bring anything back, right? Like this is a very board centric card, which I think is a really good design feature. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, I think it's just super fair. It's never going to be like a build around card, but it Mm -hmm. could definitely complement certain styles of decks. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to Doomsayer. I'm going to White Man my Doomsayer. I'm going to Silence my Doomsayer. Then I'm going to Divine Spirit Inner Fire my Doomsayer. Oh, damn. Next next level. How's that sound? (laughs) Super next level. How y'all going to deal with that 1414? That's that's, that's not bad. All right. Uh, I'm, okay, you've you've sold me on Brightwing more than I originally thought, and uh, I already like White Mane. So let's let's move on from the legendaries uh, to see what else is coming into the neutral card pool for the classic set. Uh, first up is Baron's Stable Hand, a seven mana four four epic neutral minion with a battle cry that reads: Summon a random beast. This is hot garbage. Wow, what a bad card. <laughs> yeah. Also, not like. Uh, They haven't mentioned it in a while, but we heard so many times that epic cards were supposed to be wacky and maybe kind of difficult to understand. This is such a straightforward card and it's epic. (laughs) I don't I don't know why. The the problem for me is the swing in this card Mm -hmm. from its bad outcome to its insane outcome. Well, yeah, sometimes they'll be ridiculous, but sometimes King Crush, (laughs) sometimes one, 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 one. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like summons are just all little one one piddly nothings <laughs> there's a lot of one one beasts right now yeah. um yeah I, I don't like i don't like this design either i just i don't know i mean yes it's a bad card but people are going to put it in their deck i mean at low le- low rank and learn a lesson the cards. learn a lesson that's what this is in well, but yeah but they're also gonna you're gonna get so frustrated when you're rank 25 and somebody plays this and freaking gets you know a, a, an 8-8 crush that charges in and kills you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be really annoying. I, I just don't like cards with this much variance involved, right? That's so much. That's such a wide range. Yeah. And, well, and it's a wide at range. Least, at least it's terrible. Thank you, yeah. I guess. But um, <laughs> It's a wide range in standard, right? But in wild, it's even bigger. Like... This yeah, uh, this card true. would have it just has no consistency whatsoever, and when you have no consistency, and also you're tying it to a four four body for seven, like you could pay seven mana for five five of stats, or you could pay seven mana for twelve twelve of stats. That's too yeah. much. Eight eight of it having charge. Yeah. Oh yeah, like just oh nope, don't I don't like this card you very much. Get an Dasta off of this that then rushes in yeah. and it summons like something else. Like there's. The the high end of it is insane, and then the average is awful, and it's mm-hmm. like, ugh, I feel the name is wrong. It should like be like blindfolded stable hand, you know, <laughs> so the so the theme is better. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just w- stumbling around the stable yeah, and just, just opens a gate. random door. <laughs> like I don't know, it might be a dragon, it might be an angry chicken. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens. Here it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and the thing is, too, like, I mean, those stats were fine. And because someone uh, Hachikumo in chat room is mentioning Spiteful Summoner and those stats on Spiteful Summoner are fine because you're controlling the results by your deck building skills. This has nothing to do with your deck. This doesn't say, like, reveal a minion and summon a beast of the same cost or, like, or recruit something. recruit a random beast. Or recruit. Yeah, like, yeah. it just is 
from the entire pool of beasts with no like limiting factor to it. And so it's, it's just too much. Well, listen, somebody out there has a deck that is just titled RNG Jesus and they are stoked about this card. So <laughs> well, there's the, uh, there's the neutral card we got recently, right? That was when you cast a spell, summon a three cost beast. It's like, why couldn't they have restricted the cost here? Mm-hmm. You know? And they might going forward, right? Because they did say that they were, you know, designing on the side of caution because these would never rotate. So they were, you know, on the low end of the power level. Mm. So I get that they might change it in the future, yeah. but yeah, this, the way it's current, they probably don't want it to be that complex though, right? Yeah. As a classic card. Yeah. Five, but this iteration five, I think is terrible. Five years from now, we'll get a statement from team five saying we're, we're, we're going to have to rotate Baron's stable hand because it is <laughs> limiting our design of beasts. <laughs> um, Pretty sure that would happen because of Deathstalker Rexar before Baron's stable hand. <laughs> uh, yep. Yep. Uh, next is SI7 Infiltrator. This is a four mana five, four rare neutral minion with a battle cry that reads destroy a random enemy secret. Which I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that this is our only secret hate that's in the classic set now, right? Everything else came in expansions? Yes. Because yes. there was the the tentacle yeah. face. He yeah, was the Steel Wester's. Secret was, a, was an expansion. The and Eater, Secrets, Eater was- Secrets was Old Gods, right? Yeah, we currently have one now. But I think, yeah, that's, right. is that the one that just straight up destroys them all? Because oh, Eater Flare. Secret. Flare is the only. Oh, Flare. Okay, yeah. But uh, sorry, I should have specified neutral. Sure. Yeah, this, I mean, this seems like an okay card. Uh, it's probably not, like right now, Secret Hunter, even though it's technically the most popular deck, is not actually a deck I see often enough that I would probably include this card. Mm-hmm. Obviously, though, you also do see um, mages getting random secrets because of magic trick right now. Yeah. Uh, and the body's fine. Four mana, five, four bodies, totally fine. So it's not like you're paying a huge price for this battle cry. Yeah, but um, it doesn't do the thing that we always hate with the cards that hate another kind of card where they grow. It's like, okay, this just has decent yeah. stats. So yeah, I can just play this as a tech card. It mm-hmm. does the thing and then it's over. So yeah. I think that this this is a good card design. This is the one I'm most excited about of the three neutrals that they showed here. In a specialist format, you could definitely put this in yeah. a secondary tertiary deck type of thing. Also, I think in in uh, Arena, if there's a lot of like mages or if paladins are picking like right now they got that auto matrix mm-hmm. uh, secret thing auto defense matrix auto defense matrix yeah like that card is really friggin annoying uh for four mana five four like it's not so bad if you do nothing you just play a four mana five four you're okay with it yeah so yeah decent card yeah i agree and i could see see him play now yeah maybe i'm not sure i would give it a slot but if i was in a tournament Depends on the tournament. Depends on the meta, right? Yeah. 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 It's a solid card. Uh, and then finally, Arcane Devourer. This is the last card that'll be getting added in. It's an eight mana, five, five rare neutral elemental. And it reads whenever you cast a spell, gain plus two, plus two. So if you were worried about uh, summoning random seven cost minions and Baron stable hand, well, you should maybe be a little worried about summoning random eight cost minions because of Arcane Devourer. Yeah, this this doesn't seem too hot. <laughs> like, why would I ever yeah. put this in my deck? <laughs> too expensive. I mean, you could it's definitely go, you know, with uh, with the current 
version of cycling mage, you could definitely do like a sorcerer's apprentice plus a whole bunch of like bananas and stuff and make a giant devour. Thing is, that deck is already making plenty of giant minions. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they need this at all. Yeah, sometimes you'll get it off of um, the seven cost five five that uses uh, uh, oh hand size. size. Yeah, yeah, the the conjurer thing. Um, So it'll show up, but yeah, I don't know. Seems seems too expensive. Anytime a card costs eight, it really needs to do something cool. You know. Well, and I mean, like, because uh, Tatrim's saying, you know, a cheap spell deck, too. And I get that, that if you put this down on eight, then you play a bunch of cheap spells and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But I would rather put Antonitis down, play a bunch of cheap spells. He's seven and yeah. get fireballs. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like there's there's better ways to make use of cheap spells. And I don't think that the decks like need something like this, because if you're playing a lot of cheap spells, you're probably playing something Bernie too, right? So you don't necessarily want to wait till turn eight to play this down and then, you know, play a bunch of spells, make it really big. You still have to wait a turn to even attack with it. I I just, I think there's better ways to do what that deck wants to do than yeah. an Arcane Devourer. The cheap spell deck isn't going to, like if you get to turn eight and you've hoarded all these cheap spells, you probably haven't been doing anything to the board and you're probably losing the game. And mm-hmm. this isn't going to turn that around for you. Yeah. 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 Very high chance that uh, whoever you're playing against has a way to deal with this after you pump it up. No. Uh, but it makes sense. They they said ahead of time for all of these cards that they were trying to, you know, go on the 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 safe side of power level. Um, even though I, you know, that sounds like the three of us think both of the legendaries have potential and that SI7 infiltrator is just straight up a good card in a secret heavy meta. Um, but beyond it's that, a good tech card. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a solid tech card. Um, beyond that, all these, I think, successfully fall on the conservative side of power. <laughs> in before we're in the Baron stable hand meta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a good way to put it. So, um, I, I want Brightwing and White Mane. I need those cards mm-hmm. and the freaking legendary. Uh, and at least Baron stable hand isn't going to be good. I don't need to spend the dust on two more epics. I totally want gold Brightwing. That might be a craft. Oh, <laughs> uh, I wonder what her, you know, that tongue is animating, right? Oh, it has to, it right? It has to, like, listen. <laughs> I bet there's, like, a little animated, like, spit flicks flying off of it. <laughs> Ew. It's going to be great. Or, no, it's Brightwing. I'm sorry. It'll be the blood of her enemies. Yes. Because yeah. she loves murder, obviously. She does. Yes. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So, uh, anyways, before we get into strategy, we're going to be talking about Agro Overload Shaman this week. Uh, we have a sponsor to thank today, and that is Me Undies. They are back sponsoring this episode of the Angry Chicken. You should go check out their offerings over at MeUndies.com/tac. If you are unfamiliar with Me Undies, uh, they make just the most comfortable underwear ever. You, 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 if you didn't know, you probably spent around ninety percent of your life in underwear. If you don't, no judgment here. We're not here to. <laughs> to commando shame you. Uh, but if you are uh, one of those who spends about 90% of your life in underwear, uh, it, it should be comfortable. And that's exactly what MeUndies does. It's like the softest fabric ever. They, they, they use a micromodal fabric, which is three times softer than cotton. And uh, they don't even stop at undies. Like they, they make loungewear. I've, I've got pajama pants. I've got a shirt that is that it's the first thing in the wash and the first thing out of it because I just live in it at night is that freaking me undies pajama shirt. I love it. It's super freaking comfortable. Yeah. feels like you're wearing nothing at all, but your neighbors don't complain when you go outside to take the trash out. 
I love all their patterns and stuff. They come out with like new awesome patterns. Although I am one of those people that goes with the adventurous package. So I like all the crazy colors and patterns and they have a new one like every month. I think they just released like mermaid panties or something. I'm like, yes, please. And I've got like cactuses. I've got avocados. Uh, their prints are bananas. <laughs> and if that sounds a little too crazy, um, they may have literally had a banana print, by the way. Uh, there's others to choose from. They have they have more toned down. They have just a bright color option. They also have kind of a classic, you know, your muted underwear palette. Um, but you should go check them out. And you can also get 15% off your first pair. Uh, also, you get free shipping and you get a 100% satisfaction guarantee when you go to MeUndies.com slash T-A-C. Again, that's 15% off your first pair of free shipping and a 100% satisfaction guarantee when you go to MeUndies.com slash T-A-C. We thank them for their support and we thank you for checking out MeUndies, which might, you know, might be your undies one day. Now, let's talk about Agro Overload Shaman. Hit it very hard. You want to blow something up? <laughs> Time to pay. So I um I've been playing a lot of Murloc Shaman personally, but this Agro Overlord uh, Overlord Overload Shaman has <laughs> been making some waves, and we've we've mentioned it uh, a, a couple weeks now in passing. So figured it was about time we actually did a breakdown. And there's two pretty popular versions right now. There's one. Uh, running Electra Storm Surge and Zentimo, and then there's one that's not running either of those legendaries, and would you would probably file under more affordable. It's also the more popular version. It seems a little more uh, aggro focused, and uh, has has doubled up on Lickum and Feral Spirit over a Zentimo and an Electra Storm Surge. Yeah, and I've got to say, so I played both versions and I do like the like popular aggro version of it, but I've had a lot of success on the flip side, not so much with Electra, but with Zentimo specifically, because often I've had stuff like taunts and things placed in my way of getting, you know, my final damage push, my um, what sort of unstable elemental dude through. And being able to like play Zentimo alongside an Earthshock and get rid of whatever's in my way in order to get that final damage push has gotten me quite a few wins that I probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise. So I think that, you know, as both lists are definitely viable, I but I do think Zentimo gets me a lot of wins that I probably shouldn't have. Electra can do the same sort of thing because you can play like Electra Lava Burst or something and, and get those final points of damage. But that situation hasn't come up to me as often as being able to get my board through something. Well, Electra double rock biter on your Doomhammer too. Yeah, that too. Yep. Pretty gross. Uh, but yeah, like the Zentimo thing, I, I do think the utility of Zentimo and Electra does help in the current meta because it's like, let's say somebody, you know, makes a, a brilliant nullifier, uh, you know, untargetable thing. Yeah. And you're like, I can't silence <laughs> that. that. To you a lot. <laughs> and then I can silence the thing next to it and silence it. And yeah. it was just, there's situations that arise getting through uh, mirror images, things mm -hmm. like that. There's actually a lot of situations that come up where being able to, you know, lightning bolt, three different things. Although I, uh, the, the warning, on that is you do actually triple overload with uh, overload spells and then Teemo. So you got to be careful with that. But it still seems to come up fairly consistently that you just need to... Because this deck, 
can get a lot of face damage in without a board, but it still is one of those decks that like needs a little bit of chip damage from mm -hmm. at some point. I and usually find I'm like looking at my hand and thinking like, okay, I just need to get like four damage from my board over the next mm -hmm. couple of turns and I've got it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I think those cards do help with it for sure. Yeah. So I, I prefer the other version because uh, I noticed myself having more of an issue starting the game with this deck rather than ending it. And the second Lickum, like just upping my chances by double of, of having a, a you know, the Lickum weapon in my hand. I, I, you know how you feel about the Undertaker, Joss? That's how I feel about having to say Lickum. In, <laughs> in, like, I love Lickum. Conversation. Um, but uh, it feels to me to be really freaking important uh, to, to have that card because um, starting the game with a Sludge Slurper makes it really easy. Uh, but you can't guarantee that. Um, and mm -hmm. the the Lickum uh, with all these overload cards just seems to to be the thing that I, I can depend on more often than not to get me out of the early stages of a Hearthstone game with this deck. Well, the great thing, the great thing about Lickum, too, is that it works on like two turns in a row based on your overload. So like if I play Lickum and overload this turn, then that counts. But it'll also keep because my crystals are still overloaded next turn, like it counts both those turns for the buff on the weapon. So you get a lot of use out of Lickum with your overload or a lot more than I at least I thought. Get, yeah, I find that it's always a three attack yeah, it's, weapon. Yeah. It's really rare for me that it ever doesn't have like I, you just you kind of run so many overload cards that you play overload cards into overload cards on your next turn where it's like, yeah, I have mana locked, but I'm still doing something OP for what I'd be doing with this amount of mana. So it's almost like my overload didn't matter, right? Mm -hmm. When you have this much overload, each, each spell you play is still slightly more powerful than it's supposed to be for its mana cost. So the overload matters a lot less, right? Yeah. If you have, there's a lot of times when you play a deck where you have uh, a lot of overload management. And I feel like this deck as an overload deck has a lot less of that. But most of the time, the, the card that <clears throat> that I found I've been trying to avoid being overloaded for is Thunderhead. Like on turn three going into four, I'm trying not to be overloaded because I want to just chuck a Thunderhead down, mm -hmm. whether I utilize it or not that turn, right? Because right now as a three, six, that card is just nuts. Like your opponent will just spend, your opponent will just two for one themselves trying to get rid of that thing all the time. They'll trade everything into it. Mm -hmm. It just kind of opens you up to be able to, uh, take initiative on the next turn, right? Because they just, they spend everything uh, dealing with this this Thunderhead. And then on turn five, you can, you know, Doom Hammer or Feral Spirit plus Angler, like whatever it might be. You just suddenly, you're, you're kind of in front at that point. So that's the only card I ever find myself really being concerned about the overload. So yeah, you're right. The, the Double Lickum makes a lot of sense in that regard because it's like a super... Uh, fiery war axe, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a card that got nerfed, and it's just yeah. better than that card as long as you yeah. are overloaded in a deck that is running a ton of overload. Imagine if fiery war axe had three charges and cost two. That's basically what Lickum is most of the time. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just uh, I find myself really needing that that card. I mean, obviously, if I if I start with sludge slurper, it doesn't seem as necessary. But the games where I don't get sludge slurper and I'm and I'm sitting on things like zap and voltaic burst, and it's like, yeah, these are these are good, but they're not great when they're not comboed with something else. And the other things you want to combo with with uh, them are things like Unbound and, and Thunderhead, and that you that tends to come a little later in the game. Uh, but but Lickum, you can deploy that on turn two or hell on turn one if you're rolling with a coin. 
How do you guys feel about the angler in that version that you you're talking about, Garrett? The underbelly angler, because the, the only other murloc you're running besides the second underbelly angler is the sludge slurpers, right? Mm-hmm. So I have definitely had games where I've snowballed it out of control, um, but I also feel like there's a lot of games where it's just a two mana two three. Yeah, you, you don't want to sit on it waiting for that other murloc. You still are a tempo deck that really needs to just utilize your mana to play cards. So a lot of times it's just a two man two three. I, I think it helps shore up the, again as someone who, when I first started playing this deck, felt like I consistently had problems starting the game. This is another way to alleviate that issue because sure. it is a two man two three. Play it. It also requires an answer, right? Yes. So Yeah, exactly. And the and the, the, if it was a three two, I don't think it would be nearly as good. But this has a tendency to stick. And uh, in games where you don't get to start with a Sludge Slurper, you don't get to start with a Lickum, uh, this has saved my butt many times. Um, and it's just a, well, and I, a solid early game minion. Yeah, I found too, especially if you're playing it on turn two and you're getting that angler down, then most of the time they've either run their minions into it or use some kind of removal that then usually lets either my Spirit of the Frog or the... Um, Unbound elemental. Yeah. Whatever I play on the following turn usually sticks because they've, you know, been so worried, especially in the current meta where a lot of people are probably expecting if they see like Sludge Surfer or uh, Angler on your first early turns, they're like, oh, it's going to be Murlocs. Like, I can't let any of this stuff stick when really that's not my game plan. So it's almost like, uh, huh, I'm doing this, but actually, no, I'm not. I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another great little kind of yep. kind of surprise as well. But the the big thing is is that your early game your early game removal tools like Zap and Voltaic Burst uh, they really need anything else to kind of close the removal um, gap, and uh, the angler just helps with that. It just sets it just sets up so many things. But just play the damn thing. You don't need to wait. You don't need to no. sit there waiting for your sludge slurp or your other angler to show up. It's really great when they do, but just just deploy it. Just play it on two. Get this on board. No, it's uh so it's a solid card. Again, I'm I'm I've been having a lot of success with with uh Murloc Shaman, so I'm also pretty soft on uh <laughs> on underbelly angler. It's it's my buddy so, right now. You're soft on the underbelly? I am just destroys murloc shaman right um i think the worst matchups are just the warriors is that right they're pretty rough um they're rougher it seems uh for the the zentimo electra deck list versus specifically um oh which one is it i think it's i think it's worse with bomb warrior for the zentimo electra storm surge list and i'm not 100 percent sure uh, I, think. I think control warrior just because of uh, just because of weapons project, right? Because weapons, they every control warrior one's double weapons project and Harrison Jones. So it's like, are you ever going to get a doom hammer to do anything? That's, <laughs> yeah, it's unlikely. They're they're both really rough matchups. Um, yeah, is, is but everything else is in the green? I think uh, from what my because right now it's like okay, if you're not playing against a warrior, it's probably a mage or a rogue most of the time. Right. And you beat up on those because their game plan takes a little longer to get set up than yours does. Plus, you have all this burn damage to finish things off. Plus, they're not running a lot of weapon hate anymore. Uh, And then if it's not that, then it's probably like, you know, a paladin playing mechs or a hunter playing mechs. And I think you're just deal damage faster than they do again. So it's just it seems like a deck that has a pretty good, solid matchup like rate amongst all the popular stuff. 
It's just if you have one bad matchup, that's a good deck to climb with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It has a couple close matchups in things like Mech Pally and Hook Tusk, Hook, Hook Tusk Rogue and the other shamans that aren't Murloc or this, uh, your big shamans and your control shamans. Those are pretty close. But that's okay. Uh, yeah, that's- I've actually seen. Yeah, I've actually seen Big Shaman coming up quite often. I haven't actually seen anyone else running like more aggro lists, but I've definitely seen Big Shamans, and I'm like, man, once you get that fountain out, I'm just toast. <laughs> yeah, the fountain is that's just too much healing. You can't overtake yeah. it, especially when you don't run hex. You have to have an earth shock for that. Yeah, and they've already healed for. And eight. they've already yeah gotten eight health back, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I will say actually against in that matchup, there's a there's kind of like a 200 IQ play you can do where you get them kind of low, they clear your board, and then you just stop playing minions. Like don't even hit your button, right? Because if you don't, the fountain needs something to hit. It's got rush, not charge, right? So yeah. if you actually just stop playing minions and just burn face with like weapons and stuff and lava bursts and things like that, you can just kind of stop that healing. Yeah, which so, is an easy task for this deck. Yeah, whichever one you're 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 piloting because they're both running double doom hammers, double lava bursts, double rock bio yeah. weapons. By the time you get into turn eight, you should be close to killing them, and you shouldn't need minions to ever hit again. Yeah, at that you should be able to finish the job with just the spells in your hand. By the way, what Especially what's the if call? You've a spirit of the frog turn off at some point, right? Yeah, what's the call? What's the time to us being okay with Rockbiter again? Since the next. <laughs> I think Rockbiter is okay at two mana, right? Oh, it, absolutely. It's only good when it gets paired with a Doom Hammer. So yeah, I do find it's funny that one of the power spikes of this deck is literally Rockbiter Doom Hammer, which is one of the most OG Shaman damage combos mm. ever. <laughs> oh, I remember that tournament that I that I played against Chalky forever ago that I lost to him. He was playing a Shaman deck with Leroy, uh, four mana Leroy, Wind Fury, Rockbiter. Rockbiter was one mana, and he was like playing the Leroy, double rockbitering it, wind furying it. And I was just, and it's like so funny to think back on that being like a combo. That was like a legit combo. <laughs> God, that's ridiculous. Four mana Leroy. What a world we yeah. lived in. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Good lord. Uh, so we've got links to both of these deck lists in the show notes. Head on over to amove.tv slash TAC and look for the episode 320 post. Show notes are always linked in the bottom. You'll see a Google Docs link. Get them in there. They're also, uh, especially, they're pretty easy to find on your HS Replay and your other popular fan sites. So go check it out. Um, I think this is a really solid deck. I mean, we talked about how many good matchups it has. And uh, I think a a bit how much I recommend this deck, it really falls on how much you're seeing Warrior. Yeah, I don't think it's a very good. Actually, uh, Hachikuma just brought up Specialist. I was just going to say, I don't think it's a very good Specialist deck yet because um, aggro is right now. I think generally people kind of tech for like Mage, uh, Warrior, but it's also really easy to just pick one of those techs and it's kind of your anti-aggro tech as well. So it's an in- interesting spot right now in like a grandmaster type situation, or if you're playing in any specialist format. And I wonder if uh, that's really just because we haven't gotten to a position where warrior is less good in specialist than it is right now, or if it's just because a deck like this is always going to be easy to tech against. It's very interesting to see. I think that's one of the things about specialists because this would be probably one of the like third, fourth decks you'd see in conquest a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it's a good deck to just beat up on anything mid-range, anything semi-slow that's not as defensive. And uh, you'd definitely see this, I think, if we were still playing Conquest, but you just yeah, don't see that was Grandmaster the- yet. Yeah, that was kind of the thing with Conquest, right? Is that you were trying to make it so that no one else's lineup could 100% target your lineup. So you did have some variations of what your decks are actually trying to do. Like, not a lot of people brought full all four decks of the same archetype, unless it was way off meta. So like when the meta was just like not targeting aggro, then people did well when they brought a full aggro lineup. But it didn't happen very often. No. It, you know, it's funny because Specialist is not at all like our... They, they say that they want it to be more like our ladder. I feel like our ladder is more like a Conquest format <laughs> because it is just like, okay, I queue this deck and it's I'm just trying to beat a field, right? Um, I do hope that uh, at some point we do see the Specialist format as a ladder, a, a button. Mm. I would like to try it. I don't really have a place to do it. You know, and I think yeah. about the, a lot of these decks these days in specialist terms now after watching so much Grandmasters. Yeah, it's, it's not convenient for sure. Uh, I would just like to see any format button. I don't, mm. just, <laughs> yeah. Add it on there. Experiment a little. But uh, anyways, yeah, go check out the deck list. Say move.tv slash TAC. Let's take an email and wrap this episode up. Hello. Hello, it's me. Hello. Um, Yep. Oh. Hello, brother. <laughs> you can send your emails to tacpodcast at gmail.com or if you're a patron, uh, you've got access to the patron discord. You can drop questions right in there. Arterius, thank you for the phonetic on your name, by the way, because I wasn't entirely sure, writes in and says, hello, mouthy cluckers. I'm writing to share what I is what I expect is a minority opinion. I've been playing Hearthstone since Grand Tournament and have enjoyed the esports scene, but it's only with the advent of the specialist format that I've found myself truly enthralled by it. Watching Dog win, I realized that I find the specialist tournament to be so much more compelling than Last Hero Standing or Conquest. I love how the secondary and tertiary decks really highlight tech choices and show the brilliance of the best players. Who would have ever thought that a deranged doctor would win Dog the tournament? I know that's hyperbole, but let me take a little dramatic license here. Uh, thank you for that note, because I was I was about to uh, call that out as hyperbole. <laughs> Go all Garrett on it. <laughs> I feel like all of the decks, even the uh, primary decks, are far more carefully crafted than the decks in Last Hero Standing and Conquest, which makes sense. If you have to play three classes, then you have to devote time to learning each of the fundamentally different decks. With Specialist, you master a single deck. That leads to more complex and varied games, even with fewer classes represented. Don't get me wrong, I don't think the Specialist is perfect. I would like to see them draft some rules that would require the players to bring a more diverse set of classes. I would also love to see someone, anyone, play my favorite class, Priest. Uh, but at the end of the day, for the first time in nearly five years, I've been playing Hearthstone, and I find myself drawn to watch the Grandmasters and, mas- and Masters play, rather than watching another 100% win rate meme deck video. Cool. I clearly don't agree from my comments last week but um well i've got to say i'm i'm kind of coming around on specialist as the pros have gotten more used to the format because i find that this past weekend in grandmasters specifically when we actually saw some paladin play 
I, the matchups were just a little bit different. Like we had four major classes that we saw a lot of play, right? Rogue, warrior, mage, which, you know, we kind of started off in a very heavy, just rogue and, and warrior meta that then eventually mage came in. And then now we've got paladin coming in as well. So I feel like we're getting to a place where they're finding the more viable strategies and tech choices and all that kind of stuff. And the introduction of that fourth class in paladin has really made the format more interesting to me. I, I don't like to watch when it's just a whole bunch of mirror matches or only two classes are presented, but I have enjoyed, especially like the faster matchups, like the, the best of threes and the, and a little bit more of class diversity has, I think this past weekend of specialist in grandmasters was, was actually quite fun to watch. Yeah, it's been good. Uh, I, w- I will say though, that I think as long as Hearthstone is is rock, paper, scissors with its matchups. It's always going to be a little bit funky because when you watch, you know, when a warrior gets a rogue and then, you know, the warrior is just favored when a mage gets a warrior and you know, the mage is just favored. Um, it does make it a little bit, you know, I, I feel like the secondary tertiary decks, it's close to what you need to do to make then those matchups more interesting because what you really need to do is you need to make it so sure the first game is favored, but now the players can react in such a way that they can kind of tilt it back in their favor, right? And uh, there are some storylines that some players are better at this than, than others, right? Um, people have brought up like Frozen or Purple as being able to take unfavorable matchups and actually like tilt them on their head a little bit and, mm-hmm. and kind of make that comeback. Um, but I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's really up. It's, it's on Hearthstone and the Team 5 uh, devs too to make sure that balance is not as rock, paper, scissors as it used to be, because it was fine when it was conquest last year of standing, because it was, that was the game, right? The game was, I counter you, you counter me, we counter each other. And that's who, who does a better <laughs> a job of that. Right? Dance. Yeah. But when I, yeah. But when I don't have the opportunity to, to actually like when there's some matchups where no matter what I do with my secondary tertiary deck, I'm still unfavored. Um, that's a little bit rough. And so that's really where the format can improve, but it is, like I said uh, on the show a couple weeks ago, like or last week, it's I think this last tournament in Vegas was a win for for uh, specialist. It's better than expected, um, but it's not perfect. And I do know they said that they're going to be revisiting it. I'm glad that there are people out there who are loving it more than they love the other stuff, though. That's a, that's a really yeah. good sign too, because uh, we're still getting good numbers on these on these tournaments, and uh, that I think was another thing that a lot of people were watching was. Does, does nobody care all of a sudden when it's a specialist format? And I think people still care. Like uh, every time yeah, I tune in when it's Grandmaster weekend and stuff or like that Las Vegas tournament, Hearthstone's right up there at the top uh, of, of the Twitch numbers. So yeah, yeah the uh, Grandmaster weekends do seem to be getting about the same viewership as the tour stops did last year. I would say, you know, and then the, the Masters tour in Vegas got about the same as what the seasonal championships were getting. So the, the numbers haven't really fluctuated all that much, which like you said, is good. They made a big format change and the fact that the numbers didn't drop very good thing. So I think that this is good. The The only thing I do agree with you, Dills, when you say like it, it is a little bit rock, paper, scissors, and sometimes it just matters like which opponent you queue into. And sure. I think it's, it's a little bit maybe better in grandmaster format because they know their opponents. So they can potentially try to like mind game and figure out what they're going to do versus like an open field like Vegas was. Um, it, it becomes a little bit harder to predict what you're going to go up against when you're trying to figure out what 300 opponents are bringing. Yeah. Um, 
But I think the the biggest indicator to me of how successful the format is and how well balanced the game is, is how many two O's are we seeing? And I think we were seeing a lot of two O's originally, and we're being, we're starting to see a little bit more of the two to ones. So that to me, that means that the unfavored person's putting up a fight. So that's a good thing. That's heading towards that's balance. Actually a really good point is, yeah, you, you don't want to see it be like, well, the one guy just made a bad call in the deck that they brought. Although that's still, that is happening for sure. I remember Firebet saying mm. something about, he brought like a, a bad choice in Warrior. It was a Warrior deck that he felt just wasn't teched properly or whatever. And he said, I played really well. I took the correct lines and I still just couldn't win because I just, yeah. I just had bad matches. A bad call. Yeah. That's, yeah. And obviously like, you, you know, that is... That's also a skill in the game, right? Is understanding how to build a deck and all that kind of stuff. But you also do want to see good play rewarded and not just, okay, well, I don't, I I could just, I could just throw out any card here because I'm just so favored in this matchup that it doesn't Mm -hmm. really matter. That's not fun to watch. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really on Blizzard and all these little small changes they're making, you know, hopefully kind of add up. They keep doing this. If this is really the, the new, the new way that they're doing business, um, the small changes mean that I think there will be enough fluctuation that specialists will work out. Uh, well, yeah, it's really what specialists needs, right? Is a whole bunch of little tweaking and they need to be willing to make balance changes, even if it is just a card here, a card there, because they need to keep their format balanced and viable so that we do and see fresh di- and fresh. Yeah. So we do yeah. see some class diversity. If we're not seeing class diversity and if we're getting lots of two O's, that means the format isn't successful as far as I'm concerned. So, but they do seem like they're trying to be a little bit more nimble and, and, you know, willing to change and willing to do things differently. So I'm still, I'm uh, again, like, I feel like ever since they announced this format, I've been cautiously optimistic. I'm still cautiously optimistic. <laughs> It, it still feels early. Um, yeah. Which, which is, yeah. it feels like we've had so many games played and we, we just had our first major LAN event. Um, but it still feels very early on. And um, I, I want to see some relegation and see how that feels. And mm. that's going to, because that to me is going to have such a large impact on the overall storyline of this year. Um, and, I kind of feel like that's a that's a grandmasters thing though, right? That's not necessarily a specialist thing. All of the the relegation talk because I I still don't think that grandmasters is put together in the most optimal way. But again, it's still super new, so I am enjoying the fact that I can basically from Friday to Sunday at any point in my day turn on play Hearthstone on Twitch and there is Hearthstone for me to watch in a very competitive manner. So that that is super cool. I think that's yeah. I think that's their goal, and I think they're they're achieving it in a in a good way. Um, even if I personally was really done with warrior (laughs) pretty quickly. Um, yeah, I definitely don't sit and watch it all weekend, but it's nice that like whenever my breaks in my day happen, there's competitive Hearthstone to watch. So. Yeah. Uh, Kibler made a really interesting video on the state of competitive play in Hearthstone and magic. Mm. Uh, MTG arena is also doing like a league style format. Um, and he did, it's like a 10, 12 minute, no, edits video just him kind of talking uh about the pros and cons of both formats and and the league format itself specifically but uh it's really interesting and i thought his take was pretty good that you know we're just it's these are the first seasons of both and it's it would be ridiculous to think that they just both got it right on the first try so it's like right now it's like it's it's working and hopefully maybe in the second half or whatever after they've had the the first um, 
grandmasters playoffs would be like a good time to maybe revisit and, and revamp things in a small enough way that it, it kind of livens things up again. But right now you're, you're right, Jocelyn, like it's the fact that it's getting better, not worse is I think the, the number one thing I'm looking at to go, okay, I think this is actually gonna work because you know, we, we didn't just get stuck in that rut, right. Of the mm-hmm. warrior mirror match forever and ever and ever. It actually has changed. Oh like God. If it had been, if it had been like week four and it was still warrior, 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 warrior. Oh God. I would have been so turned off grandmasters and specialists that I might not even have watched Vegas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But Vegas turned out to be actually really, really good. Yep. Uh, by the way, Hachikuma did bring up the caster rotation thing is cool. It's nice to see some fresh faces for sure. Yeah, and I really like the pairing of a more traditional caster personality alongside the pro players. I think like oh, Attacker's yeah. been doing a great job. Gallon's been doing a great job too. They mm-hmm. are like they they seem to get rid of my biggest gripe with Hearthstone casting, which is the caster pairs and the inside jokes crap. Like talk yeah, about yeah. the game, guys. That's what I want to hear about. And it's like the personality tends to kind of like keep it uh, light and entertaining while the pro player then brings that next level of analysis. And I find those pairings are, are working so much more for me when I'm watching these games. I'm really, really enjoying them. It's a traditional sports format, right? Where you get your play-by-play color man guy or whatever, and then you get your former player to actually tell them why somebody did something they did and, and what mm. was really going on. Yeah, it just makes a lot of sense. So... It's, it's been really good. Yeah. I, I love like, you know, somebody like a Frodan and then you put next to him a pro player, right? Yeah. Because Frodan can give you the, the actual, like he can host it and all that stuff. And then you just turn to the other person and say, well, what's going on in this exact turn here? And yeah. What would you like do legit, if this was you? And yeah. yeah. Legit analysis about mm-hmm. what the player might be thinking of in the lines and why they're different from each other and things. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think it's been uh, vastly improved. I was with you on the inside jokes, Josses. Just a little, little much at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but thank you for your email, Ontarius. Uh, keep those emails coming to tacpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, that's going to bring us to the end of this podcast. Uh, thanks again for those of you supporting us over at patreon.com slash TAC and to our producers, Declan H, Sean C, and Cheesy Bob. And um, we got a big announcement to make at the end of the show. This is uh, hard to say, uh, but Dills, I'm going to pass to you because you are leaving the show. Yeah, I actually, uh, I, this is something I've been thinking about for a while and something I've been ignoring for a long time is just my own, my own mental well-being, my own mental health. And uh, it just kind of came to a head at some point for me that if I don't deal with it now, it's going to get worse. And, uh, and it's been getting worse for a long time. It's just, it's easy for me to, uh, to ignore it and think of the things that are going well. It's like, yeah, podcast is doing pretty well. I should probably just keep doing this thing while I'm not doing well mentally inside. Right. And, uh, the other problem for me too, is because of these jobs that I'm doing because of the podcast and the streaming being like the main, uh, income for me then having a part-time job, I don't have legit healthcare. And so then suddenly when I'm like, Oh, I need to start seeing doctors and getting medication. It's like, Oh, this costs more than I want it to. Uh, so like, I just, I need to like send my life in a different direction to deal with this stuff. And, uh, it's unfortunate that I have to then make a, a tough decision. Um, and it's not a decision I wanted to make. I wanted to figure out a way to do all of it. 
uh, and make all of it work. But uh, it just turns out that I can't. And um, so talking a lot to, to a therapist, talking a lot to people in my life, um, they said, you just got to do the thing that's best for you. And you can't worry about, because we you know one of the big things for me was I didn't want to let people down, right? I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to let our fans down. I didn't want to let you guys down. I didn't want to, um, you know, make people sad and unhappy. And it's like, yeah, that's one of the problems that you have is that you're doing that and you're not worried about the things that you need to be worried about. So yeah, it's just a really, really tough decision, but I have to, uh, I have to find a little more stability. I need to cut things that are causing me anxiety out. And, uh, I need to spend some time doing things like testing medications, figuring out which ones work. And while I'm doing that, I run into me being unstable. Uh, I, I, I don't have a lot of experience with this. I'm talking to people who do. And, um, they tell me that early on when you're trying out a new medication, there's a leveling out period. I was not aware of these things and I'm definitely aware now. Uh, that that is very true and very real. And uh, I need to like make sure that I'm safe while I'm doing those things. So anyway, the long, long, you know, long story short, it's just, there's a lot of other things. This isn't the only decision that I'm making. Uh, There's other things that I've had to kind of reevaluate as whether they're things I can continue to do because they are the things that are triggering and causing anxiety for me. I need to like, cut all that kind of stuff out and find at least for the time being, uh, a way to like be in a, something that feels steady, safe level where I can do the, I can deal with the process of, uh, of getting better. So yeah, it's unfortunate. I'm sorry to you guys. I'm sorry to everybody listening that, uh, I couldn't make all of it work, but, uh, you know, it's just something I have to do. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 hard. I mean, we've been doing this together for so long. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm glad that you are uh, you know, you're doing what you need to do for yourself. Um, but I'm sure it's going to be such an asked question so many times. Um, where where would you like people to keep up with you, dude? When you're, um, well, I'm still going to stream here and there. It's just going to be less because what I. I also realized too, that I get into these head spaces where the idea of turning the stream on and trying to be entertaining and stuff, um, gives me that anxiety, right? Like I feel it. I'm just like, there's no way I can just suddenly be on right now. Right. And, uh, so you can still follow me on twitch.tv slash Willie Dills, but just expect that there's probably going to be a lot more, um, daytime chill streams, at least until I find, um, cause I'll, I'll be, I also will be looking for more of a full-time gig, maybe as a producer or something like that off camera, uh, editor, that kind of thing for a podcast or production company here in Austin. Um, and then I'll also on, on Twitter and then I'm still going to do, um, one wrestling because it's just a little, it's just a super laid back podcast. And, uh, you know, if I need to miss a week or whatever of that, it's really not as big of a deal as this, you know, the, the, the Patreon aspect and the income aspect isn't there. And so there's just like no pressure at all. So like those types of things I'm still going to do. And, uh, I've toyed with the idea of just starting to make, uh, videos just for spare time, fun things, because I do still want to be creative. So yeah, just, uh, twitch.tv slash Willie Dills and, uh, at Willie Dills on Twitter, but there's going to be a lot less content coming out of me, at least for the time being. 
but that's just uh, that's part of the deal. Being in front of people makes it really difficult when you're not feeling good about yourself, you know? So I need less of that in my life and more of the, uh, <laughs> more of the like self care aspect and less mm -hmm. of the like worrying about being entertaining. It's really important. And I, I don't think, I think that there's a lot of pressure on a lot of content creators at all different levels of popularity. And it's something that we don't talk about enough. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny because I've heard, um, you know, YouTubers and streamers and stuff talk about this in the past. And I've always kind of been like, yeah, I do feel that, but just, but then it'd be like, nah, no, no, I don't feel like that. But no, I'm actually fine. <laughs> yeah. But no, I'm totally fine. Uh, you know, like I was talking to my mom about this and people will ask me how I'm doing. And I, I don't think I ever say anything, but I'm, I'm good. You know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I need to stop saying that. I need to like, just be like, I need to be like, well, you know, not like I need to start burdening everybody with all my problems, but I need to stop just being like, yeah, I'm fine. Uh, Cause that's what I tell myself too. So it's, it's, it's kind of, it's like, it's good that I, that things got to the head before it got to the, before it got to that point where it was just like, things got completely blown up and something really bad happened. Uh, but it was like, I also needed to recognize like that when like I have episodes, like, this is something I have to take seriously. And that's kind of what's actually happened. So anyway, it's, uh, you know, I just, I want everybody to know, like you should, you should, uh, keep supporting these two and keep supporting this show. This is a really, this is the best Hearthstone show, uh, on the internet. And, uh, you know, who knows, maybe I'll be back to doing Hearthstone content. Maybe I'll be able to work with, uh, Jocelyn and Garrett again at some point. But for right now, I just, uh, got to take a step back. Well, dude, I, I, I wish you the best of luck. And, and again, everyone listening, you know, go support the shit out of Dills. Uh, go to twitch.tv slash Willie Dills, follow him on Twitter. And, uh, I hope you, hope, I hope you're doing all right, dude. I really do. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So, um, yeah, uh, Joss, you and I are going to be back next week. We can do the normal sign off as usual, but, uh, again, Dills, you know, this, this ending, this, this is all about you, dude. I want people to know where they can support you and, uh, we'll end the show here. So, uh, for today's episode, job's done. Job's done. Job's done. Yes.